It was a battle of a gunslinger versus a cowboy, and this time the gunslinger didn't come out on top. A great fought game by the Chiefs and Bills. We're going to go over it live from Arrowhead with Matt Derrick right now on Locked on Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Hey, everybody, big ball game. Thanks for making us your first listen post game, unless you already listen to RGR, and I thank you for that anyway. But hey, we're brought to you by Prize Picks. It's the easiest way to play daily fantasy sports. Just pick a number. Is it less or more? And you can get in on the action over at prizepicks.com slash locked on. We're going to talk about all that and more of the takeaways from this ball game. He's Matt Derrick from ChiefsDigest.com. I'll point in the right direction. I'm Ryan Tracy from RGR Football, NFL 33, and Rogue Analytics. And I'm Chris Clark. Thank you all for listening. We do appreciate it. And there is a lot to talk about in this game. I think it's uh, honestly, I think all of us probably figured it was going to be a little bit more higher scoring than it was. Uh, that surprises me just a little bit. Uh, in the end, it came down to a couple of mistakes that were made uh, at different times in this game. Yeah, no way around that, Matt. I think this was a game that I come away actually fairly pleased with. I thought the defense stepped up. I thought there were mistakes. I actually like a little bit more of this on the offense. Clearly, the last play, Patrick made a mistake. We don't usually see him do that. Is that a sign of the pressure of this ball game, or was it just circumstantial? He was trying to rush and get something done. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's more of the latter, um, especially you know hearing from Andy Reid after the game in Mahomes. Uh, I, I think he put it up under the category that Patrick Mahomes just trying to make a play, and it was the same situation with the turnover in the red zone in the first half. Was was kind of the the same kind of deal. Um, it, you know, it's probably one of the things, and I, th- and I certainly took this away from Andy Reid. It's one of those things that you live with when Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback because he's going to do that a lot, and most of the time it's going to work. So if it's going to work most of the time, you don't worry and stress too much about the times that it doesn't. You learn from it and you move on. Um, I didn't. I didn't get the sort of sense, you know, after this game that I, I think there was at least enough other reasons for this team to have lost this game that you're not pointing towards one play, like you guys said. I think there was a lot of different ways you could say the Chiefs could have won, you know, could have won this game, but it was a, it was by by and large, I think both teams could have, could have said that had it gone the other way. I mean, there were plenty of mistakes on both sides and wasn't a perfect game, but you come out of this with I think the belief that these are still the two best teams in the AFC. And they're probably going to meet again down the road. Yeah, and I will say, you know, we look at Mahomes' interception in the first quarter, and those that's the type of play that you you are used to him type him making. And then you look back at the third quarter play to McCole Hardman in the end zone, which is almost a very similar type play where he's running around trying to find a place to put the ball, and he actually makes a play there. So you look at the good and the bad in that scenario, and. And yeah, yes, he threw the ball into double coverage, but he gave MVS a chance to go get it. And you got to like that he gave his guy an opportunity to go get the ball in that scenario. Yeah. And, you know, and that's probably once again, it goes back to a little bit of this offense is still young together. I mean, there's still a lot of moving parts that you're trying to fit in. Even even Juju has a big game today. Um, his first touchdown with the Chiefs, he's starting to put up some numbers. I mean, where you can look at this and say, OK, Juju is turning into the receiver that you really hope that he would be in this offense, but there's more to, more to gain. I mean, there's certainly some more work to be done. And, and Juju told me after the game that, yeah, I mean, that that's this, the more time that they spend together, they're going to clean some things up. They're going to keep improving. They don't feel like that this offense is a finished product yet. And certainly tonight, I mean, you saw that there were some bumps at, at times 
So there's more, there's room to grow. But I, I don't, I didn't take anything from this loss that this team talked about afterwards that there was anything demoralizing. I mean, if anything, it was just a, a readiness to move on to the next game and get this one behind them. So when you take a look at the structure of the AFC now, clearly the Chiefs are, are lost the tiebreaker as it stands now to the Bills. We can talk about the, the ramification that's down the line, but just in terms of what we saw on the field tonight versus the rest of the schedule, this was the big hump for me in the schedule. I feel like they can smooth things out and should have an easier going, especially after the bye. Was, was this the culmination right now that this is the toughest they're going to see this year, Matt? I mean, I've been of that category that absolutely the, the first seven weeks of this schedule was the worst half. I mean, you know, getting into the bye week after that, you know, you still have some tough games here and there. But I think especially with, as you mentioned, the way that this season is unfolding, I, I think there's even a few of those games that now don't look as intimidating as, as maybe they looked a couple of months ago. And certainly at the beginning of the season, just six weeks ago. So yeah, I mean, there's plenty of room for this team to make up some ground. Now, the advantage that the Buffalo Bills have is that I think that they still have a little bit of an easier schedule the rest of the way. I mean, we'll see how some of these games do turn out and if, if some teams put some things together. But I still like the Bills lineup so, of games. So you got to favor them, but it's still anybody's race. And, and I don't think that it's necessarily a foregone conclusion, certainly based on what we saw tonight that the Bills at home would be a prohibitive favorite. I mean, I think that you know these two teams on any field is going to be a close game. I think what I take away from this game the most is I thought it was going to be a lot higher scoring. I thought the defenses weren't going to play as well. But, and, and yes, Kansas City's offense shot themselves in the foot at times, and I will I give you that. But they still played pretty well on defense, and I was really impressed by what they were able to do and stop the Bills at different times throughout the game, which I wasn't expecting them to be able to do. I was expecting the Bills to put up over 30. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen. So uh, I think there's a little bit of encouragement coming from that. Yeah, my my head said that this was going to be a, a track meet, 38-35, and, and my gut yep. thought that it might turn into a defensive struggle. I should have listened to my gut. Um, but I, even then, I don't even know if I can categorize this as a defensive struggle because – you know, these two teams, they get into the red zone. They're going to punch it in most of the time. I mean, you don't see these teams, you know, miss out on three red zone opportunities. That was a lot of points that they, they both teams left on the field. You have the add in the missed field goal. There's another three points that are missed. Um, you know, there were opportunities for both these teams to, to put this game away. I thought it was more of a deliberate game than I certainly expected. You know, it didn't seem it seemed like both these teams were fairly intent on controlling the clock and moving fairly methodically other than the one drive that the chiefs had basically, you know, with the, with the broken play that Juju gets the touchdown. Um, that was really the only quick drive of the game. Other than that, this was a fairly plotting game. The bills were a lot more committed to the run than the chiefs were. And that's where you could probably draw a pretty, you know, definitive line. I mean, the, the chiefs were unable to run the football effectively for most of the game. They had to depend on the pass. They had to put it in Mahomes' hand, which meant that, Maybe they moved in spurts and starts every once in a while. Um, but the Bills were able to put together some sustained drives. And a big part of that was because they they ran the ball pretty well. I mean, four yards of carry is not fantastic, but they were able to get some key yards when they needed it. Yeah, and I think that's a huge takeaway is that they got the yardage when they needed it at, at times. And then you look at what Kansas City was able to do on their side. And Mahomes – 
I think he played pretty well overall, but we need to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk more about this offense and more about this defense because there's still a lot to take away from this game against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. If you're like me, getting a little bit older, it makes it a little bit harder to go work out. One of the things that you want to do on a regular basis is go to the gym, have a good time, and stay in shape. But you get to a point where you lose a little bit of energy that you once had, and you are able to try to take some supplements that can help you, like Nugenics. You need to check out Nugenics. Nugenics Total Tea contains man-boosting key ingredients like testophen. It has been validated in five clinical studies shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. Because Nugenics Total Tea boosts free testosterone that the aging process robs, you'll feel stronger, leaner, with more energy and drive, and more passion, too. Your partner will notice the difference. While every product professes quality, Many other products use generic ingredients that are far less often or that are far less than cl- clinical grade. With Nugenics Total Tea, you get the same clinical potency levels used in the trials, and Nugenics formulation is backed by 10 years of science and research. Nugenics Total Tea is the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text NFL to 231231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast, absolutely free. Text NFL to 231-231. Text NFL to 231-231. And our next partner is something that I use every day, and I think you probably are going to want to do that too. And I started taking Aging One from Athletic Greens because it does the one thing that I don't have the time to do. Puts everything I need into one little bottle, and I love that. It's 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals whole food source, supergens, probiotics, adaptogens, everything that you need in one spot. It's super easy. It's a little scoop of powder into a cup of water, give it a shake, and you're ready to go with your morning coffee, on the way to work, on the train, whatever you happen to do. For me, it makes it that much easier to hit the ground running and get my nutrition in as well. It helps with digestion. It helps with energy. It helps with the simplicity of getting your, your morning routine down and not biting into the rest of your life. It has no sugar. And so you're not getting this artificial like pump up that you then have to come down from while you're at work. It just lets you get on with your day in a healthy way and gives you everything that you need to help you go through everything that you're going to do that day, whether it's training, whether it's work, whether it's it's static or whether you're going to be on the run. And right now they're going to help you reclaim your immunity to a, a little convenient level of daily nutrition and give you that in a little dropper. That's part of their extra deal to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free year of the immune-supporting vitamin D supplement. It is in a little drop form and five free travel packs to make your life simple uh, rather than the bulk pack that you scoop out. Uh, All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. That's athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Take ownership of your health and your immune system right now with daily insurance for your nutrition. I feel nutriented. I don't know if that's a verb, but that's what I'm going with today because I actually come away from this and I look at it. My big thing here, Matt, two categories that stand out to me, third down efficiency, four for 11 for both teams. I think that is a huge feather in the cap for the Chiefs defense. Then I look at 318 and 319 passing yards. They didn't let them get completely behind them. Yes, the two big plays were past touchdowns, but the difference was the run game today. That's where the balance came out, and I think that's easily addressable. We've seen them do it in the past. I feel like this defense will be better prepared with returning players next time they see the Bills. 
I think they can stop them, and this will be a very different outcome next time. Do you think I'm crazy, or is it just a, a positive step? No, I don't think you're crazy. And remember, again, you know, with the injuries that the Chiefs had in the secondary, if these two teams do meet in January, I mean, you're certainly hoping if you're the Chiefs that you're not as undermanned as they were today. Uh, because one of two things is going to happen. Either you're going to get some of those guys back, like a Brian Cook and a Trent McDuffie and a Rashad Fitton. You'll have those guys back. And and I, honestly, I mean, I think that Brian Cook might have been a pretty big loss in this game because I, I, I certainly, if you look at what Joe Cullen did to try and slow down the Jaguars last year, they played three safeties the entire game. And when you lose a Brian Cook, you really lose the ability to do that. I mean, the Chiefs did go three safeties a few times in third down situations with Deion Bush coming in. But losing, losing Cook, you really lose that ability. I think they probably had to tweak the game plan about a little bit of maybe what they wanted to do. But you get those guys back, or you're going to get Jalen Watson and, and Joshua Williams more experience. For Joshua Williams going into this game as being his first really NFL experience and having to line up and, and guarding Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis, yikes. Uh, honestly, I mean, it could have been a whole lot worse. And I know the Chiefs, you know, Andy Reid talking about it after game really, you know, leaned on, hey, this was valuable experience for all their rookies and their young players. And it's going to pay off down the road. So, you know, yeah, there was there were some things to learn in this loss. And, you know, and the, the Willie Gay is another piece that you're going to get back that you think will help you against the run down the road. Chiefs have got to figure out some things on the defensive line that will help them with you losing Tershawn Wharton to help out against the run. They're going to have to figure some, some things out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do think there's a lot of room to grow here and looking at, you know, where were the mistakes made that the chiefs had by and large outside the two turnovers, the mistakes were the young guys and you feel like they're learned from that. And they're not going to make those mistakes a second time around. I think the big thing I'm taking away from this game is the bills were actually picked to win this game by Vegas. And the first time that Mahomes was a home dog, I think that that's, uh, something that's very is outside of the norm, obviously. It just doesn't happen to Kansas City. And in this situation, I think the Bills were a better team. Obviously, they won the game. But you also look at what Kansas City dealt with. And, Matt, I think you made some great points. You start looking at the at the defense. You're missing, you know, Fenton. You're missing Cook. You're missing McDuffie. You're missing Willie Gay. I mean, McDuffie out there instead of Joshua Williams, do they get both those touchdown balls? I mean, it's a different system. It's a different – uh, scheme when you have those types of players and you have them able to play in this game. And I think that was a huge loss for this defense. And to watch what Kansas City was able to do and to hold them to only 24 points with missing all those players, I think I'm really excited about a chance to rematch against the Bills later on. And we haven't even really talked about the offense, which at times looked good. Juju looked very good, but MVS was nowhere to be found in this game. Outside of that one play that was an interception, he didn't really do anything in this game, and that's a big problem. You can't have him have games where he disappears. Absolutely. And I think we need to talk about all the pass catchers because it was something different than what we've seen in the past. And pick up a couple of positive notes. I want to end on those because my notes are full of a couple of specific things. And there's still time, folks. If you want to get in on Daily Fantasy, you can still do it this week before Monday Night Football. The line is very, very interesting because Justin Herbert's at 262 for yardage and Russell Wilson at 226. I didn't expect that going into the season. All you have to do is sign up with prize picks and choose are they going to play more, put up more or less than those numbers. Super easy. Pick two to five players, make those adjustments, and you can win 10 times up 
up to 10 times your entry. It's not just football. It's all the major sports. It takes 60 seconds or less. It's super easy, and the withdrawals are phased, fast and safe in 30 states plus Canada. All you got to do is go and download the PrizePix app at any app store or go to prizepix.com to play daily fantasy sports. First time you deposit something, you get 100% bonus. You put 100 bucks in, you get 100 bucks on top. Makes life easy. That is the way that you get everything done. You just have to go download that app or go to pricepix.com and use our code locked on. Sign up today for that 100% bonus. The 100% bonus for me is like Matt said, you went from zero snaps for Josh Williams to what could be, I don't know, 400 by the time these teams play again. We don't know how that's going to go. I think that's all a, a big positive note. The pass catchers on the other side, we've seen them all sprinkled in. I said it early, and I think, what did we end with? We had targeted over 10 players. That, I think, is, again, a trend, but it, it never seems to be the same people. You mentioned, Chris, that MVS kind of disappeared. Um, through one over Mike Burton, through one that I think probably could have gotten to Justin Watson. I'm not 100% of that. I'm not going to put that on Patrick's feet. But there was a lot of opportunity there that they didn't quite hit on. Matt, does this – group need to get to the point where they have to have three guys catching the ball consistently. It seems like the last couple of games, it's been one or two, but probably not three. Yeah. I mean, you get two guys over a hundred yards receiving in one day with Juju and with Travis. And usually you have to feel pretty good about that. Um, but the fact that outside of McColl, you really didn't get a lot of other, you know, contributions from anybody else. And yeah, I mean, the chiefs are going to spend it and say, Hey, you know, it's going to be somebody different every game. But so far, we haven't really seen that reliable second option or even somebody with just the, the blowing up like you would typically have. I mean, there, have been, there were times when Travis, when, when Tyreek Hill was out, rather. And yeah, you would have that rotation, but it was like Sammy Watkins has a 100-yard day. Demarcus Robinson has the 100-yard day. We haven't gotten to that point with this receiving group yet. And some of it is absolutely going to be scheme-oriented. I mean, again, you know, when, when the Chiefs are facing a lot of zone, I mean, I don't even I, I don't get how the team some teams do run some of these 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 schemes at the Chiefs because Travis Kelsey is just a zone eater. I mean, he can find the open space in any zone and he's gonna be open all day long. So that was once again, I mean, a big part of Travis's success. So you know, whether it was just that this was not a good matchup for Valdez Scantling, maybe he's just he may be battling something right now, or just a matter that Juju was the hot hand and that's who tra Patrick trusted and that's where the ball was going. Um, until these guys prove that any one of them can be a reliable week to week target, I think you're just going to have to assume that you know that the Chiefs are going to be going by this this game plan, which is that it's it's Travis and a supporting cast, and you never know week to week who it's going to be that steps up. Well, and I will say this: I like what I saw from McCole in a couple of different scenarios, in a couple of different situations, not just the touchdown. Uh, but he had a long, a longer catch in the first half, and then uh, I thought he made a good play later as well. And then you start, and really, even on the touchdown run, on the touchdown pass, he got open. He continued to move with Patrick, kind of got himself into a spot where Patrick could throw the ball, even though that window was extremely small. Uh, he gave Patrick the opportunity to do it. But I also liked what I saw from Sky Moore at times. I think I think that he stepped in. He had a couple of good plays, uh, and I really liked the third nine catch. I believe it was uh, for a first down. I thought that was a great play design and something that really worked out well for Sky Moore. The thing that surprises me is you start seeing guys like Noah Gray get a couple of receptions, and I think that was a positive for him. But Jody Fortson still hasn't really been involved in this offense, and that's kind of surprising to me. I understand that they like using him in the red zone. 
but to not use him at other times is, is kind of surprising based on what we saw last year. So I'm a little curious about that, but you're right. I mean, Justin Watson got a target. Mike Burton got a target. I think that was more of a, uh, there's a blitz coming. I need to get the ball out of my hands type throw. Uh, and that's what he was doing there. But, you know, you got to get some of these other guys involved and, and you got to use them in the passing game. Matt, I, I would have liked to have seen Jody in particular. I was going to bring him up to Jeff, Chris. Um, I would have liked to have seen him in there a little bit more. I think Wiley could have used some help. Von Miller is the most prolific defender on this roster. And they, once again, stuck with their old tradition of leaving their tackles on islands when these two tackles have struggled a little bit more this season than we've seen recently. Just Jody's presence, whether he's actually chipping or not or running a delayed route, I think would be something that they could use in situations like this to help Andrew Wiley out, who played well probably, what, 70% of the time. He just got got a few times, right? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been a little bit surprised at that too because they, they certainly at this point seem to be favoring, you know, using Fortson and just some specific packages and looks. I mean, he's not been typically the number two tight end. And, you know, and some of that is probably going to be going back to whom do they, you know, trust most as a, a blocker and somebody to do the chips and those things. And I, I think that we've seen at, no, at this point, Noah Gray is the one that they do rely upon more for that. Um, we've seen that when it's a receiving tight end and they're going to throw the football, especially in short yardage situations in the red zone, that's been or Fortson's forte. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think when you're just talking about in the middle of the field and when you need a tight end, that's going to be in there who is somebody that can attach to the line and help out one of the tackles when needed. Gray's been that guy. Um, I don't know if that's going to change. I don't know if it's, if it's anything that is going to change as far as, you know, the further that Jody gets away from the recovery and it gets more comfortable, could certainly be a little bit that they just want to work, you know, manage the workload on that on that leg and make sure that he's not pushing himself too hard and getting too many reps and too many snaps. Um, I'm really just intrigued to see what they, they how they do it going forward, and especially if and when they get Blake Bell back, which you do anticipate is going to be happening at some point soon, maybe after the bye week. Um, that will probably change things as well because that's another guy that they they trust more and they trust the most in those situations to be able to block and chip and and help out with the tackles. And I have to say really quick, I know we've been talking about offense, but I th- we cannot get through this podcast without saying welcome back, Harrison Bucker. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that stunk that he had to have that miss from, what, 51 or 52 yards, but that kick from 62 was good from a lot longer, and it was yeah. pretty much right down the pipe. So thank you, Harrison. And I think it's kind of funny because Matt Wright goes out and kicks the longest field goal in Arrowhead history last week. And guess what? One week later, it's already been passed. <laughs> well, and and Harrison, I, I could tell he was feeling just fine during pregame because he hit from 64 going that same direction. And then they backed up and tried one from 74 going that same direction. And he just missed that one, you know, left and right a little bit. I mean, it was close to having the distance. And he said, that, yeah, he just kind of missed it a little bit. And um, he had a second crack at it. He, he thought he could have made it. Going the other direction, you know, his max in pregame was 56. And he didn't make that one. Wow. So this tells you a little bit about the wind and what their comfort level was going both directions. But I tell you what, five seconds left and they had the ball at what the 49-yard line for the for the Bills. He badly wanted to go out there. Excuse me, I guess it was they were in their own territory. He badly wanted to go out there and try that 71-yard kick with five seconds left. <laughs> um, he wanted the NFL record. He thought he could get it from 71. Tommy Townsend thought he had it. Winchester, Dave Tobe, they all thought he had that one, that he could make it. 
And Andy Reid said, nope, let's get – we got one more timeout. Let's try and get a little bit closer. They get the nine yards, make it from 62. It's still a team record, but no, Harrison thought he had an NFL record chance today. Wow. I mean, that, that's incredible. And good for him. I thought he looked good doing it. Like you said, Chris, it's too bad you missed one, but you got the big in. Uh, that said, I thought overall special teams was looked better this week in terms of coverage as well. They had a couple of nice downs. Uh, I think that just – Townsend well punting ridiculous, I just got to say. Yeah, I mean, his, the hand time was alone. ridiculous. And I think I, for one, I, I have a tendency to kind of gloss over that because, you know, I like guys that hit people. And so if you're not one of those three guys, that's okay. But that actually paid off big for this team. <clears throat> and it leaves me again with the final takeaway being, we're not going to give out a game ball for this game, but give me a guy that gave you hope that makes you think that this rematch is going to go the other way when it comes back, Matt. Well, I mean, I, I, I would I would have given this game ball anyway. Um, <laughs> Nick Bolton is the guy that continues to show me that this guy is going to take this defense some places because he's a tremendous leader. You can tell it on the field. He's a thumper. I mean, I think that he has, has continued to show that I think his game is more dimensional than, than he ever got any credit for coming out of the draft and, and just how far he's developed. Um, he had a couple of tackles for loss today. Um, you know, a couple of things go a different way and the Chiefs get some defensive stops and we're looking at those 13 tackles and a couple of tackles for a loss and we're saying this guy blew up some key plays at the right time and sets the tone for this defense. And, you know, and he's a, a leader to those young guys as well. I mean, if if those young corners are going to get rounded into shape, it's on Nick Bolton to be the one that really gets this defense going and keeps their attitude and, and keeps them sharp and gets them moving in the right direction. There's leadership all over the place on this team, and, and they're leaning on that to help these young guys. But to me, this defense and the way it's been playing, I mean, Nick Bolton is the driver behind all that. You know, for me, and I know this is kind of a cop-out because he's been playing so well, and I think he's close to being a pro bowler, if not better. Uh, but Sneed, I have to give it to Sneed. His play today was uh, – he was great, you know, covering the pass, and then his run defense. I just – his play on what I think what was it a third and one or was it, no it was it was third and one or third and two uh, he made the play uh, Bolton don't get me wrong Bolton finished it but Sneed stopped the runner short and stood him up and gave the Chiefs a chance to get a stop there and then they go and get the stop and I just thought he played really well and I've always been impressed by the way he is not somebody that is afraid to make a business or is trying to make a business decision and not make tackles when you run when they're running the ball. I completely agree with you, Matt. I want to. I want to curtail on on one of yours. This is the best game I saw Leo Chanel play yet. I felt like he, he got into his drops quickly. He played downhill from there. Like he would look more comfortable having to do his little bit of coverage that he had to because Willie's not there. I do feel like they have four viable linebackers when Willie gets back, and that gets them through in January when it's cold. And, and I'm glad you say four because I've been impressed with what I've seen from Darius Harris. Absolutely. I'm not saying I'm not going to say he hasn't missed plays, but I've been impressed by what he's been able to do in the times he's been able to step up and make big plays. And the thing that that takes me back and, and leaves me feeling good is this is the worst that we've seen Patrick Mahomes play in terms of production. Two turnovers, both on probably either forced plays or plays that that he made a mistake on at the very least. You're not going to see that again, particularly against this Bills team and Josh Allen, because he does have a comparative spirit and he does have that relationship with Josh. I think they bring out the best in each other. And I think this will be a lull 
for Patrick Mahomes in his era. So, folks, there's a lot to be positive about. We're going to have more for you all week. Matt's going to have all kinds of information on ChiefsDigest.com. Matt, thanks for the time post game. I know it's getting late. Always a pleasure, guys. Take care, everybody. Folks, we'll be back with you tomorrow. We'll talk to Matt later in the week. Don't miss it all because there's another opponent next week. I know you don't care, but there is. And we'll be back with you tomorrow.